Coming up with this week, off screen. We chase the front runner. Look for the upside. Get to know Colette. And meet Stan and Ollie. All those to come and more off screen. This is this is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Collar. I'm Kelly Needham. Welcome back. Happy Hooray. New Year. And Happy New Year. So forth and, and seasonal oh, things. Oh, glad tidings and the, the such things. The things, things you say when you go back to work after Christmas. Boo, that's what we say. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get that thing where someone says, How was your Christmas? And you're like, Clearly, you don't want my biopic. Yeah, but, you know. the answer is, yeah, it was fine, thanks. That's it. That's the only acceptable answer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Should not come with a slideshow, right? We, we All right, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> Can't Fair help enough. but feel that's a personal dig at my slideshow I had prepared. No, 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 no. I want to see your slideshow. Anyway, uh, it's not the not. I'm trying for the save. Okay, so movies, movies, loads more movies. We've got uh, loads of fun to come. We've Yay. got box office top five, etc. Uh, but we need some film news to start us off. So what should we talk about? Well, tell me about the Golden Globes. Oh, yes, the Golden Globes were the other night. Yeah, and, what happened? Uh, okay, this it was mental. Okay, so the, the list of the nominees is out there. You know, you mm-hmm. make your predictions and you, you always forget that awards season is long. Yeah. There's there's lots of time for things to really go in weird directions. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year, I stupidly made what I assume will still be the actual Oscar picks for the Golden Globes. And uh, nope, could not have been more wrong. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, it went uh, it went a little stranger than I expected. So Christian Bale won for Vice. He won best uh, best actor in a musical comedy, I think, for I, Vice. I genuinely don't even know what Vice is. So, I'm just pulling up the actual list of the Golden Globes uh, 2019 winners. I didn't think to prepare. Um, Unlike you. I know. But, yeah, it's it's a movie about Dick Cheney, the former vice president of the United States. He was George W. Bush's uh, VP. Uh-huh. And the whole shtick around the idea of making a movie about him was uh, that actually he was a lot more uh, outlandish a character and he assumed so much more all-consuming power than anyone ever actually noticed that if you made a movie about it, it would actually change your perception of it. But uh, Christian Bale's very good in it. The movie is not good. Oh. Well, we know from the past that to be a good musical and or comedy, you don't have to be either. But is it one of those? <laughs> what, like The Martian? Just like The Martian. Just like The Martian was. <laughs> but uh, no, it is, it's definitely a comedy. Okay. And Christian Bell's very good in it. I just didn't expect him to actually win. Uh, Mahershala Ali won Best uh, Supporting Actor in a, in a you know, drama in one of the proper films, you know, before they get uh, separated from musical and comedy. <laughs> um, it, it was a strange one. Rami Malek won for Best Actor. Nobody expected Rami Malek to win anything for acting. Yeah, but he did do a good job. He did do a good job, but I thought we were just going to kind of not take Bohemian Rhapsody that seriously as an awards contender. Well, there you go. And then, yeah, now it's asking all sorts of really awkward questions about Brian Singer as well. So, Oh, there was a bit of drama as well about, there was like a 15-year-old actress who tweeted a sport of Rami uh, yeah, Malek and it was kicked uh, off. But it also won Best Picture, Best Drama Motion Picture. Did it? It did. 
It's it's bizarre. Nobody expected any of this. However, uh, Shallow did win best song. So yeah, of course it did. You know, that one, that one's kind of a fixed point. I should have bet some money on that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, Glenn, uh, Glenn Close won best actress in a drama. Olivia Coleman won best actress in a musical or comedy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think anyone saw Glenn Close winning for that either. Yeah, what did she win for? Uh, the wife. Oh, which that was the thing duh. when that movie came out everyone agreed that regardless of what you thought about the film she was amazing in it yeah. and she really was but I thought the film was so kind of dismissed that they wouldn't take her seriously when it came to awards mm, there you go yeah, yeah, so, you don't so what's the next one uh, the next one's oh, hang on we've had the BAFTA nominations today and I'm not sure what the next actual awards uh, presentation is we shall find out though it'll be soon it'll be soon <laughs> so um, before we continue then we should plug the podcast edition uh-huh. Uh, which you can get on Acast, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just pick wherever your podcast factory is. Just pop along to the podcast factory and they, they churn them out there. Um, <laughs> You'll find us. And uh, competitions. We've got Stan and Ollie merchandise to give away. Oh. Yes, these include, imaginatively, they've got pencils, right, with little bowler hats on them. Oh, my God, that sounds <laughs> cute. Uh, you've got a T-shirt, you've got a clapperboard and a notebook. Yeah, well, what so, could yeah, you want? Yeah, merch pack. So, uh how yeah. does one win? How does one win? All you got to do is uh, just tweet Stan on uh, just hashtag Stan and Ollie uh, at the Movie Market Twitter feed. Oh, and, that's and easy that's enough. It. Easy enough, isn't it? There Consider it done. Yep, there we are. So <laughs> uh, we should probably review Stan and Ollie. Then. Yeah. Okay, so Stan and Ollie, as you, you'll have seen some minor buzz for this, I think, before Christmas, and now it started appearing on buses. I've seen the trailers a uh, couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. This is the the one that John C. Riley, you know, has been in that they actually will show to critics. Yes. Yeah. Holmes and Watson did not inspire faith, I think, in that one. Ooh, but uh, very, very different form yeah. he's, he's award nominated for this. You know, mm. he got nominated for the Globes and everything. Win some, you lose some. You do indeed. <laughs> Holmes and Watson, massive loss. Ooh. Just, just really terrible. We don't have to talk about that, which is nice. Um, <laughs> so Steve Coogan is Laurel. John C. Riley is Hardy. This is like twenty years or so after the sort of, after the bulk of their success, oh, the, okay. the, the golden period of Laurel. All the Laurel and Hardy that you you know of. Basically, basically comes from two years t- 20 years before the bulk of this story it. so it becomes kind of their last hurrah mm-hmm. it's their tour of the music halls in the north of england and their last sort of attempt to uh, to assert their presence you know as royalties of com- royalty in comedy um however hardy is ill and uh, it's a question of whether or not his health can hold out until the end of this run. Will they land the Will they land the coveted venue in London, to which the film producer will come along and will fund their uh, adaptation of Robin Hood that they hope will spur on a whole you know new line of older year older period films. Mm-hmm. That will, yeah, exactly. But of course, there's Hardy's health to consider. We have a clip of them at a uh, slightly more robust point. We should ask for a little more money. A little more? You kidding? Charlie, Buster, Harold, they get ten times what Hal pays. Well, they own their own pictures. Exactly. That's what we're going to do. Now, how are we going to do that? We're under contract. We can't just change the terms. Well, we stick together. We renegotiate with Hal. Get a bigger slice of the pie. If that doesn't work, then we walk and set up on our own. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to own our pictures, but it just doesn't seem like the right time. I've got a lot going on. This overhead is killing me. Hi, Dave. Hello, Boyle. Hey, guys. You want it on set? Ah. You'll be fine, babe. Just lay off the horses and don't get married again. Oh, I didn't tell you. I proposed to Lucille. Scripty Lucille? Yes. Damn. And she said yes. Oh, that's great news, babe. I'm never getting married again. I'm just going to find a woman I don't like, 
buy her a house. <laughs> That's a good one. So John C. Riley's got that voice down, hasn't he? Oh my god, he sounds great, <laughs> but Steve Coogan's American accent drives yeah, me insane. Doesn't work. It doesn't he never, work. He never gets any better either. It's, it's almost as bad as Jason Statham's. <laughs> oh god, the about that one, the better. Um, the thing is, though, that Coogan is really good at the dramatic stuff mm-hmm. in this. He, he handles it all brilliantly because, whereas Hardy, you know, for John C. Riley, there is there's the makeup to work with, there is the physical side of it. Yeah. Uh, with Laurel, it's a lot more of a, an introspective storyline. It's a lot more about you know his own self worth. Yeah. What is he worth without his partner? And we're shown in previous iterations that attempts have been made to replace him, for instance. Uh-huh. And that basically people thought that for for iconic purposes, Hardy was more essential than Laurel. Oh, interesting. They have a name for the guy, I forget, but it's something like, you know, Steve and Stephen Hardy, you know, something like that. (laughs) A mock version. They were actually shown (laughs) at one point. Um, But yeah, the performances are really, really good despite Coogan's deranged accent, which does say never, ever gets any better. But, um, but yeah, there's so much heart behind John C. Riley's performance as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't slum it. He's really, really good here. Oh. Like, it's not a case of just the makeup effects are fooling you or anything, because it is really convincing as well. You do I've feel seen like, the trailers. Yeah, you do feel like you're looking, he's just put weight on. It's like Christian Bale in Vice. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Um, but the problem is that the film itself is a little bit... I don't know, it feels like it's restraining itself a little bit from being as brutal on its characters as it could be, particularly Laurel. I feel like they soft-pedal Steve Coogan a little bit as Laurel. Like, he's not mm. quite given the zone to go into that you, you'd kind of like to see. That You'd like to see a bit more of the, the obvious scumbaggery. Yes. If you know what I mean. You want a little bit more a little bit more of that. And John Baird directed this, who directed Filth before. Oh, you know the, the James McAvoy yes. film? So you think, that man knows salacious. Yeah. He can do salacious. <laughs> but uh, I say, I mean, it's obviously something that's come from the scripting stage. It's obviously not something I think that the director himself has, has created for it. But I did like it on the whole. I do think their performances, though, take it from being good to great. They, the performances are that strong that they make a good film great. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. And we're back visiting them, so... <laughs> right, so shall we, uh, shall we continue? Shall we have some film news before we yeah, carry on? Yeah, come on, What have you got? What's, what's, what do you want to ask about? Um, so Spider-Verse, apparently there could be some TV spin-offs coming. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing now. Uh, uh, well, why that, not? It was the obvious thing, though, to be fair. I mean, there's an obvious sort of, you know, Saturday morning cartoon series, but the animation, though, it's going to be wonderful. Because mm. it would, for obvious reasons, have to look very similar to the movie, so it'll never feel too detached. No motion blur, right? Yeah, exactly. See, I listen. Um, I remember. We're, we're nerding you over time, is what we're doing. It, true. <laughs> I have to say, though, if they do a spin-off that's that pig one, I'm not watching that. You don't want a spider ham. No, I don't want no spider ham. No Peter Porker. Boring for me. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. But yes, so we might get a couple of animated series. I would imagine uh, Penny Parker would be an obvious candidate for that. Yeah. And I wouldn't be terribly surprised uh, to hear some maybe Spider-Man noir. Yeah. I could, I could imagine that. Maybe not as a forever series, but at least as a limited run. Yeah, maybe a short series. Uh, the other one, Margot Robbie, is going to be Barbie. Yep, she's producing it as well. Now, because... is this the same one that Amy Schumer was going to be in, or is this a completely different I, one? I think it's, well, it is that project, but they've changed what ah. the project is since then. They've pivoted. 
They've pivoted. They've pivoted. Instead of going for, she's a normal person who's also Barbie, it's, she's beautiful and thin and wonderful, just like Barbie. Okay, so I'm sensing there's some some <laughs> deep-seated uh, issue in there I don't want to get into. I'll tell you what, can I talk about another woman with uh, deeply, deeply enforced uh, issues as well? Yeah, go on then. Talk about Colette. Okay, so <laughs> Colette is, uh, you may have seen this as, this is this is the Oscar Kira Knightley one. Ah, that, that that's, one. That one, yeah. You know when that you don't remember one. the title? Oh, it's the Oscar. Kira Knightley one. Yes. It's also got Dominic West in it, though, and I like him very much. Yeah. Sheffield so, Man, isn't he? Sheffield Man, he is. <clears throat> so, Colette is the story of... I'm going to have to try and remember her name now, because Colette is only is her Colette? surname. Oh. Her sur- no, her surname <laughs> is Colette. She is... Oh, man. I forget her actual name. It's, it's gone, it's gone. Tony co- Collette? No, Kira Collette. There we are. Okay, so, Colette is the, uh, the young farm girl who... Um, whose father served in the military with the father of a, an up-and-coming publisher, mm-hmm. played by... Publisher slash writer slash celebrity of sorts, played by Dominic West. He is Willie, and he runs his publishing house by Willie. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, so I'm silly. such a I child. Know, I know, I know. So, um, they marry, she moves to uh, Paris uh, under the uh, under the auspices of, you know, living the life of the, the rich celeb, living, mm-hmm. you know, the, his wife. And, uh, of course, it very quickly transpires that he's a lot more a charlatan than he'd ever let on. That mm-hmm. basically he just has ghostwriters yeah. and he, he has serious, serious gambling debts. He can barely keep up with paying them and paying his rent. He sounds just like Katie Price. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> really went there. We went from Barbie to Katie Price. Really. So um, it quickly comes to light that Colette herself has something of a of a, of a sort of undeveloped writer uh, writing talent, mm-hmm. and having simply been given all the developmental courage of why don't you try writing. Mm-hmm. She does. And it turns out she's absolutely brilliant. She creates the Claudine series of novels. This is all a true story, by the way. Um, this is how we got the Claudine novels. Mm. However, as his fame, because obviously it's published under his name, it's by Willie. So, yeah. So as his fame takes off and hers doesn't know so much, uh, so much as just being the wife of the writer... Mm-hmm. She starts to explore the party scene of uh, of this writer's community in Paris, and uh, discovers uh, she actually also enjoys an open open marriage herself. That she actually enjoys the company of women, oh. something he initially encourages but lives to regret. Right. What then happens is as her uh, as her journey into full blown womanhood uh, evolves, so too does her writing. And she starts to find herself at war with Willie over the direction she wants to take the, the series of books that she herself is authoring. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's all in his name, so she has no rights. We have a clip of kind of what lands them there. We need more output. Well, you could get another writer. Pay them with what? I'm not even making a thousand this month. I've got three hundred from the Echo, four twenty-five from the latest vamp novel, and just two fifty from the music reviews. It doesn't even cover the outgoings. How can we spend so much money? The mortgage, Matilde, restaurants. You always pick up the bill, Willie, no matter how many people join us. It's expected of me. And the races and the casino. What do you want me to do? Live like a monk or a peasant? No, I'm just saying that we could economise. You. You could write. What? Those stories you told me of Saint Sauveur last year. My school stories. Yes, that could be Willie's next novel. Well, try it anyway, but try now. Start immediately. Aim for four hours at a time. The wolves are at the door! Yeah, Willie's a bit of a tool, huh? He sounds nice. <laughs> he does. But, you know, he's got that Dominic West voice, so uh, I, keep, I kept calling him Dominic Cooper this week as well. It was really embarrassing. Oh, dear. 
But, but a faux pas. I know, oh, yeah. Well, there's a term you don't hear very often, isn't it? <laughs> right. So this comes to us uh, from Wash, West, uh, Wash Westmoreland, who directed uh, Still Alice a few years ago. Ah, Remember, yeah. that got a lot of awards buzz yeah. when it was out. And I will say, actually, the, the film looks the part. It, it definitely has the uh, the, the auspices and the auspices and the presence of being a serious work of art. And what mm-hmm. I mean, not saying it actually is, but there are efforts made, for instance, to root itself in uh, in the in works of art, in the works of things like Monet and Manet, and famous paintings that are then restaged mm-hmm. as the background imagery for this. And it feels like a brilliantly excessive touch for a film that otherwise wouldn't really need it if Kira Knightley weren't brilliant in it. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a turn up for the book. That's something I didn't expect. She's genuinely terrific in this. It helps that she's just given kind of a fun character to play. Having said that, the film does have rather staggering issues. Namely that, well, it never defines any kind of consequence for itself. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it seems to wildly lean into the, 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 the sort of crass glamorization of the story rather than the actual reality around it. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, this is taking place in 19th century Paris. The publica manner in which she delves her interest in other women is greeted with just complete, a completely baffling ambiguity. Oh. And, and despite the fact that there is a scene in it, in, in a music hall, when it goes decidedly the other way, and they are actually persecuted. Right. And you think, it's really strange that you have defined this as happening within a confined space, but the rest of the world is entirely fine. It's a film that has that kind of problem at its core. Mm, that's a bit odd. It is, and it then commits the, uh, the cardinal sin for me, which is what I call the 12 Years a Slave ending, which is they finish the plot of 12 Years a Slave, the movie, and then over the end credits they tell us a much more interesting story happened afterwards. Um, you know, when he went to court and had to prove... Yes. They, yeah, exactly, all that stuff. This does the same kind of thing. Oh, man. Here's the end of the movie. By the way, all of this infinitely more awesome stuff happened afterwards. You know, that, that would have been actually been a, a better movie. And if you'd done the art thing with that, if you'd done the painting thing with that, I would have been killer. But uh, no, we didn't get that. We, oh, we got dear. this instead. So it sits at a tidy three stars for me. But uh, That's not too bad, though. Kieran Knightley's great, isn't it? Mm. And uh, I thought Dominic West, uh, he, uh, he handled uh, being a bit unpleasant and being comedic quite well. He does that quite well, though. He does, he does. It's all in the eyes, isn't it? It is. It is. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, anything in the film news we can talk about really quick? I don't know if this is good news, bad news, or nobody cares news. Probably the latter. Okay. Uh, Kelly Marcel, she's coming back to write Venom 2. She was one of the screenwriters for the first. And, yeah, she's uh, going to come back and... um, yeah, giant, giant. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone was praising Venom for its scripting. So I, I hate it because of the scripting. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. So we're decidedly not people who are going to be anticipating uh, Venom two. I don't think quite. But I'll tell you one that I was strangely anticipating, and then I saw, and I now feel a lot less pleasant about is the front runner. Oh, right. go next, on. Our next review. So this is latest from Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. Uh, son of Ivan? I think he's son of Ivan, isn't he? I have no idea. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so it's the story of Gary Hart. Ah, this Gary is, Hart. This is the Oscar Hugh Jackman one. Oh, uh, now I know. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is the Oscar Hugh Jackman. That's what we're going to be doing for yeah, a few weeks now. Of course. But, yes, yeah, so this is the Oscar Hugh Jackman one. He's Gary Hart. Do you know the story of Gary Hart? No. Because I think the film does kind of assume that you do. Well, I don't. Right. Well, here's the thing. I knew the, the Cliff Notes version. 
didn't really know much more than that. Saw the film, didn't care. It's clearly aimed at people who kind of knew the story. All right, give us a give yeah. us a snipsy bit. Right, so Gary Hart was a senator who was a shoe in for the oh, presidency. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, the sexual misconduct involved. Don't worry, yeah. don't worry. we get to that. Okay, we get okay, to that okay, bit. Okay, yeah. Okay. Right, so he's a U.S. senator who was a shoe in for the U.S. presidency. Mm-hmm. He was going to take the presidency. Everyone knew it. It was just a lock. And then he did something really, really silly in an interview in which he fought back against an interviewer by saying, look, you can't drag things up from the past, uh, you know, and expect them and expect it to have any relevance to who they are now. I'm, you know, I'm a perfectly boring, ordinary person. I dare you. Just follow me. You'll see nothing. What do you think happened? I think they followed him and nothing happened. They did follow him and something happened. Uh oh. (laughs) And they uncovered an affair. Uh, What a... And this Dumb is... Person. Oh, yes, I know. You sort of think, well, I really had to control myself. Only, only a US senator, right? So, Why haven't um, they done that with Trump? Exactly. So this then becomes the point, this is credited as the point at which America went tabloid. When the is week, this set? This is set in the, in the late 80s. Okay. So this, okay. Is, uh, this is deemed as the point that America went tabloid. The idea that rolling news became, that, at that exact point, mm-hmm. what it is today. This is where our Fox News and our CNN come from. Ah. Okay. So we have a clip of Hugh Jackman throwing the gauntlet down. This right here is why people don't want to be in public life, because someone will dredge up something you said in a moment 15 years ago and act like it somehow encapsulates your life. Look, hey, look, well, I look I'm going to answer one more of these. I'm not going to sit here anymore. We've covered all the stuff that matters. Did, did you ask Reagan about his marriage? Right, no, 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 listen. Did you ask Carter these questions? There have been rumors, particularly about... For God's sake, AJ, just ask whatever it is you came here to ask or whatever your editor told you to ask me. This is beneath you. Okay. Do you feel like you have a traditional marriage? Yeah, no, that's it. You, know, you, you want to know what I'm doing in my spare time, AJ? Is that it? Follow me around. Put a tail on me. You'd be very bored. Yeah, he was a dumbass, right? <laughs> yeah, so he was kind of asking for it, literally, in that case. Well, yeah. Right, the film is very well shot if what you're looking for is basically something like The Insider again. It, it, does, it does feel a lot like Michael Mann's The Insider, mm-hmm. which kind of worked, I think, because you weren't expected to know the story, whereas here you are. What this does is relies too heavily on telling you things rather than actually showing you them. And that's kind of the opposite of how it should work. You know, the best movies show you something. Because they're movies and it, you exactly. can see them. It's a visual medium. Use the medium. <laughs> You know what I mean? So the whole plot hinges on the idea, for instance, that you have to accept straight off the bat that Gary Hart was the most wonderful all-American man in the world, that he was the A-grade human being, that that's how he was perceived. Mm -hmm. The film does not in any way show you that. There is a fleeting glimpse at best. They constantly tell you about consequences, things that are actually going on around them. Mm -hmm. And they do it to such a patronizingly over-explained degree that at points it feels like it's being narrated by its own cast, literally breaking the fourth wall as they do it. Like, there's literally a point where a character turns to other and thinks, are you literally telling us what the plot requires us to know? (laughs) Sounds stupid. Like they're describing scene transitions. It's it's so weird. It's now we're going to cut to the office. Like, yeah, thanks. 
Thanks for that. <laughs> um, Hugh Jackman's fine in it, but there's no character there because they've 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 lent too heavily into this weird sense of expositionatory, you know, expository uh, storytelling mm. that they've kind of forgotten to add any character in there. Like I say, by showing you things, they might have gotten around that, mm. but they chose instead to sit and explain it all. Snore. And yeah, bit of a snoozer. I was actually kind of looking forward to it, to be honest. Uh, can't recommend it though. Um, I will say though, do you know who's in this? And I've forgotten about her. Who? Sarah Paxton. Oh, the child actress who went on to be in Shark Night. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't seen her in anything in ages. I'm like, oh, Sarah Paxton. She's she's still in movies. Oh, good uh, for her. Yeah, good for you, Sarah. Nice to see you again. With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. The Movie Marker Radio Show and Podcast. And we're back, Ms. Needham. You know what time it is. What time is it? It's top five time. Number five. It's Bumblebee. Did you hear about this over Christmas, like the business this was doing? No. It was doing really badly. Was it? Yeah, like no one was going to see it. Yeah, it's not a Christmas film. And then it opened in China and China saved it. China said, yay! They did. Thank you, China. <laughs> but Because there was a concern that it might not sell in China mm. for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah. And then China's uh, bolstered the international box office and uh, all is well in the world again. So hopefully we will see more Transformers movies, I yeah. hope, because this one is really, really good. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, though. Yeah, yeah, because we know what happened the last time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> there's still time for this to go off the rails. But, uh, yeah, I really like Bumblebee. I thought it was the Transformers. Transformers movie I always want to see. That's that's really the only thing I can call it. I think whoever tweeted us did say something similar, but you may be able to correct me. I'll tell you exactly what they said. So Justin Lesalata said, saw at Bumblebee movie last night, really enjoyed it, never thought I'd ever hear slash see Ravage eject from my childhood up on the silver screen in my life. Teared right up. Hashtag Bumblebee movie, hashtag Transformers. Nice. Number four. Oh, come on. Uh... Event Cinema, Andre, Andre, Andre Ryu? Ryu. Is it Ryu? Ryu, uh, I think 2019 it's... live New Year concert. I think we can safely say with some degree of certainty that I have not seen this. Yeah. No. So has anyone tweeted? Yeah. Barry saw it. Barry saw it? At... What did Barry think? Do you like it, Barry? <laughs> At Barry Havenhand said, went to one of those relay shows of hashtag Andre Ryu, whatever, amazing shtick take cheesy music add big budget high production values and present it with panache and it works surprisingly well wow thanks Barry number three Aquaman. <laughs> well, I can't believe Bumblebee was doing badly and Aquaman was approaching a billion. I mean, There's really... There's a lot of thirsty ladies out there, oh, I'm afraid, man. Oh, my God. This is just... <laughs> it's insane to me that this movie's doing so well. Well... well it's terrible. I don't know what to tell you. I really, I've not seen it. I, I can't bring myself to do it. You can't. Oh, my God. It's, it's too just... much time commitment. It is, because it's like two and a quarter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good chunk of change. It is. And I, I, I feel like I don't need, like... You know, Amber Heard sass for two hours. Nobody needs. No that. one needs that. No one needs that. Uh, did whoever tweeted us need it? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and interpret the pronunciation myself here. Okay, fair, fair. So at Shamuri, and that's not even me doing my pronunciation yet. Okay, it's all in caps as well, but I'm not gonna shout. Honestly, can't stop grinning while watching hashtag Aquaman. Jason Momoa is fine. 
fair. Number two. It's the favourite. Which I really liked. Didn't expect to at all. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So you've Clearly had, other people do too. Yeah, you've had some fun with this, haven't you? Honestly, I, I do want to watch this film, but part of me really doesn't and wants to lock it away forever. That's fair, because you share your Twitter handle with this movie's title. I had it first. <laughs> <laughs> but you've, you've not got an underscore and they have. Is that how it works? That's exactly they it. Are... So if you do want to tweet the film, it's at the underscore favourite. Not the favourite, that's Kelly. Yes. So there we are. Okay, I realise we were accidentally, we we're kind of doxing you now. That's what we're doing. We're oh, like passing your, passing your details out to the world. Um, but yeah, so the favourite, I really liked it. Olivia Coleman's winning awards for it, which is fine. It's a big showy role. I like that. They seem to be supporting roles as well. Um, however, I do think Rachel Weisz is the uh, is the best performer in this one. I, I've seen sort of some of the trailers on TV and stuff, mm. and, and I can't even remember seeing Rachel Weisz in them. There's a lot I mean, of Emma Stone. I assume she is, but yeah, it's mainly Emma Stone. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? I mm. feel like they should make a, make a bigger deal out of Rachel Weisz in this. I think maybe they expected that Disobedience was going to be the one that got her all the attention for the awards. Yeah, perhaps so. But, and then it sort of fell in between, which is sad. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I thought it was great, and I thought it was Yorgos Lantimos's best film yet. Oh, there you go. I did. So, who tweeted, and what did they think? Uh, so, at G Hayes said, Can't stop thinking about in hashtag the favourite... When Olivia Coleman starts screaming, shut up, I don't want to hear it, uh, people peacefully play music outside because that's literally me when a song comes on that reminds me of my ex. Wow, that's telling. <laughs> Number one. Let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite and send it so it's Mary Poppins Returns. You had the pleasure, didn't you, I believe? I did. I think I'm not as big a fan as most people seem to be. But it was fine. It was fine? That was fine. Did you, did you say you had a, just had a decent time? Yeah, decent, decent, yeah. Did you go with the family at all? Uh, just went with the other half. Ah, right. Oh, my God. I, I would have given money. He liked it more than me. <laughs> I would have given money to see John just enjoying Mary Poppins. <laughs> he did enjoy oh, it more than me. good God. <laughs> John is just the best person to sit in the cinema with. He really is. Yes. Because if you can get him laugh, Thing, it's just hysterical. <laughs> but, uh, I um, before I yeah, before I talk about it, um, I was just going to say I had one of our cinema experiences over Christmas. Uh-huh. You, know, you see an unbelievably terrible movie. Yes, uh, like we did Forty Seven Ronin that uh, time years ago. By the way, I'm magic. Yeah, I had that with Holmes and Watson, and ah. uh, yeah, that was that was just disturbingly bad. I have not heard Honestly, truly terrible. That's all I want to say. <laughs> on it. Anyway, okay. So Mary Poppins Returns, I thought was just a grand old time. I thought it was absolutely terrific. I mm. thought it just it nailed absolutely everything it needed to be to be both a worthy sequel, but also an iconic enough Mary Poppins movie for this generation as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's a potential reboot element in there where they maybe they potentially can do more of these relatively soon. Yeah, if they, I if think they wanted so. to, and I'd be fine with that if they were made up to the same degree that this is because it's a really well built, really happy, joyous captivating experience but do you know what I can imagine happening go on I can imagine all these sequels coming out but it's not Emily Blunt yeah. it's some random person and that just won't be good enough that's when they go straight to Disney Plus yeah that's, that's totally what it's going to be when it, when it becomes like Anna Faris as how <laughs> dare you <laughs> I'm trying to think would be. Jamie King okay there oh, we go oh no when we've sunk to, don't when we, do I'm it. just going down the list I'm going down the list of like who used to be in films at least have someone British 
Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. So uh, Anna Friel. Anna Friel. Yeah, go. Yeah, it probably will be actually. That's Anna Friel is Mary Poppins. There you go. That'll no one wants work. it. So has anyone tweeted us about Mary Poppins Returns? So at they call me Jess says, growing up watching Mary Poppins a hundred thousand times. Hashtag Mary Poppins Returns did not disappoint. It was practically perfect in every way. I've not heard that yet. With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. The Movie Marker Radio Show and Podcast. And we're back for one last ride, Ms. Needham. So, mm. uh, do we have a piece of film news before we uh, get to the final review of the week? I can give you some film news if you want. It's been a really slow want. week for reviews. Like, four films to review. It's been insane. Well, that's what happens after Christmas. Yep, yes, yes, yes it is. Up. So, uh, go on then. What, what film news should we discuss? Uh, well, you might remember earlier this week, there was all this talk around there's going to be a Game of Thrones prequel Oh, out. yes. Yeah, um, And they announced the, the director for that pilot episode, which is S.J. Clarkson. So, she's done various episodes. Those defenders, yes. Jessica Jones. She has. She's Archie a really Black. up and coming. Uh, she's like a big name in TV action exactly. directing for women as well. Like for she's women, one of the better known, which is great. Yeah. So good news. The bad news is the reason that she has uh, been given this job is because her last project fell through, which was Star Trek Four. Boo. Boo. Well, I don't care. I'll be honest, but I can imagine you care about that. Well, actually, I cared about it on one level because it was S. J. Clarkson was going to direct a massive tentpole movie. Yeah. I cared about that, and also, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike the the Abrams Star Trek movies. I think they're great for what they are. Actually, mm-hmm. I think for being a more popcorn friendly alternative Star Trek, I think they're pretty good. I mean, I, I actually don't sure. think, I don't think Into Darkness is anywhere near as bad as people think it is. And actually, I think Beyond is slightly worse. But, um, but yeah, controversial much? A fourth one that was also gonna, you know, make the bones properly for uh, for, for S. J. Clarkson. That I was totally on board for. And Chris Hemsworth was supposed to come back. Yeah, he was, George Kirk was going in it, wasn't he? Yeah, I, was, I was intrigued by it. Yeah. But it did seem to go really quiet for a weirdly long period of time. So, yeah, that well, it's been shelved does not surprise It's surprising. been shelved. Sorry about it. But uh, now we find out if Paramount are actually going to allow the little bit of money that Bumblebee's made to give it a sequel. But Because uh, that would mean we lose Star Trek and Transformers in a week. But, uh, yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, shall a- we talk about an English-language remake? Oh, yes. Yes, we shall. <laughs> Talk to me about The Upside, though. The Upside. Okay. So, The Upside is, as you point out, an English-language remake of a French comedy called The Un- The Intouchables, mm-hmm. or Untouchable. It had weirdly differing titles. It had, like, four different titles in the UK. And, uh, we'll yeah. go with one of them. The but, Intouchables, because I just enjoy that. Yes, exactly. The Intouchables, <laughs> um, which is based on a true story, originally. And it is the story of an ex-con who becomes a black ex-con living in Paris who becomes the life auxiliary, the sort of handler for a crippled billionaire, quadriplegic, bi- a millionaire, billionaire. A, a rich, rich guy. Rich, a rich guy. But, you know, it's an old, rich, white guy as well. Mm-hmm. And what then happens is as you can imagine, a buddy comedy drama. Oh, I thought the they were going to fall in love. Yeah, they come from different worlds and they have completely different outlooks on life and they will open each other's minds in you know unique and different ways. Mm-hmm. That was the French version. The English language version is exactly the same plot. Still in Paris? 
Still, no, it's New York. It's in, it's in New York. <laughs> I actually thought as well that they had even replicated the the car because a very it opens with quite an iconic and memorable uh, car sequence, ah. a, a gag sequence that they have repeated point for point. Ah. And I thought they had repeated the car as well. And it's not until I went back and checked the trailer for Intouchable that I realised no, it wasn't a Ferrari in the original version. It is now. Mm. So now, yes. now your uh, your handler is Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Your quadriplegic billionaire is Brian Cranston. Mm. Oh, and the assistant, because he has a, a sort of executive assistant who handles his sort of, of general admin affairs, is played by Nicole Kidman. Oh, and oh, uh, right. So the way this happens is Kevin Hart is required as part of his unemployment uh, mm-hmm. check, uh, part of getting his unemployment benefits, he has to go and apply for a certain number of jobs every day. So he goes along to what he thinks is a janitor's interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out he goes into the wrong uh, the wrong room or the wrong door or something. He winds up in the apartment of this uh, this billionaire, and all he wants is just his signature so he can get out of there. And he winds up becoming, as we say, a life changing companion. Here's a clip. We're hiring a life auxiliary. What is that? He doesn't even know what he's applying for, Philip. I need assistance. My arms don't work, as you so astutely noted. Nor do my legs. I can only move my neck. You can move your mouth. As can you. So what's that mean? I gotta, I gotta carry you around or something? You'd have to transfer me to the chair, to my bed, to the car. There would be some travel, if that interests you. It don't. Travel enough as it is. Took me an hour just to get here. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, look, I think your plantation is bananas, but unfortunately I don't want to be nobody's servant. So how about you just sign my paperwork and I think about your offer, okay? Well, we can't sign papers saying that you're looking for work if you're going to turn down the work I offered. So as you can hear then, it's uh, it's Brian Cranston getting that chance to do what Brian Cranston does so well. Be a grumpy old man. Kind of is, but actually, there's a there's a lot of a softer side to this. The, the, you get the great fun, Brian Cranston, but it gets a softer edge here because that's kind of what the story dictates has to happen, because you know happened in the original. There is a lot. There's a lot of uh, repetition as regards to the plot of this. They've changed only one minor story element, mm-hmm. and I'm. I kind of understand why, to be honest, but to an extent I'm mystified by it. It's something that's worth discussing, though, another time, but it's just for okay. this... It, it basically just gives Brian Cranston this ultimate moment of awkward to portray. That seems to be the only real result of it. Okay. Um, yeah, very strange. This is a strange decision to make with the story, but okay, I kind of get it, I kind of don't. I I'll guess it's only it. going to impact on people like you that have seen the original. Though. Exactly. Now, the weird thing about this is, because the original was a French dramedy, the laboured and drawn-out way in which the story was told made sense because we allow the pacing of French cinema a certain degree of sluggishness, uh-huh. let's say, in order for it to t- suck us in with its charms. The problem is that when you transplant that entire story and you don't remove anything from it to an American movie, your options are either go Oscar caliber or trim this down to something that a studio can actually market for a Saturday night movie. Yeah. And the problem is this sits uncomfortably in between in between those two points. Oh. It, it does. You do kind of feel like... Because at one point, Paul Fagg was going to direct this. 
Oh, you think, okay, I can kind of see that. He could probably have pulled this off Mm -hmm. because he has something of a broad comedy but still kind of an Apatow leaning to him. So I could see him having absolutely made this work. This, though, feels a little bit pedestrian. And it sits, like I say, awkwardly between that thing where we want to be taken seriously as an awards contender or we want to be a a multiplex on a Saturday night movie. And it sits awkwardly there. And the problem is the performances are terrific. Kevin Hart has never been better in his entire career. Kevin Hart can genuinely act. Oh, good for him. I, I wouldn't have thought of it. He genuinely can act here. Um, and this, this role went to went through like every iteration of every 30-something black actor currently working. Idris Elba was on board this thing at one point. Really? He really was. I don't think he counts as 30-something. Oh, no, no. I mean, like, that was the, that was the predominant. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's 30-something men and then Idris Elba, who I think is about 55 at this stage, but still looks younger, sexier, oh, looks and better good. than all all of us. I've been uh, binging on Luther oh, over the you? Christmas period, and <laughs> oh, that man looks good. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I, I too watched Luther. Yes, I was. Uh, I was a little disappointed by the end. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, like I say, yeah, this just went through like loads of iterations for casting. It went through loads of different uh, directors. It went through loads of different writers. Lena Dunham was on board to write this thing at one point as oh, well. Man. Uh, so yeah, it, it's been seven years since the original. They have been more or less working. Has it been like, that long? It really has. Has it been? I remember worth it? you reviewing the original. Exactly. It's well, so old. Uh, I don't. I just. I just don't know if it was quite worth it. It's a solid remake. But you never feel like you're not watching the same story again because it sticks too closely. It does feel like it has literally been made for the people that are too lazy to do the subtitles on the original. So if you haven't seen the original... Then watch it, by all means. Are you going to enjoy it? Are you going to think it's a bit slow? Or Watch it, by all means. The story is still exactly as good as it was in you know the original version, but the problem is, because it's all there, the film, like I say, does feel kind of laboured and sluggish. Like I say, it, it, I think it pushes up to the two-hour mark but doesn't cross it. I think if that's the case, it is... Oh, it's two hours five, sorry. Oh, wow. It's a chunk. So, yeah. It is a chunk. It is. It's like Apatow length. Yeah, <laughs> it know? is. It's not, not quite Aquaman, though. No, not quite Aquaman length, no. Would you say it's film of the week? I would say not. I would say film of the week I'm going to give to Stan and Ollie. Oh, well, I think, I to be honest, saw, out of everything this saw, week... I saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a very average week. I mean, average to good. Yeah. You know, it was fine. None of them, none of these just like were... my Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just like you want to, when we stop, you want to do the slideshow? Are we doing the slideshow thing? Am I going to have to... Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. Okay, so fun to come uh, next week uh, off screen. We've got Beautiful Boy is next week. Oh. The return of the Chalamet and the Corel. Uh, By the way, did you know Welcome to Marwen opened at number 13 in the box office? Did it? Yeah. Like, nobody wanted to see that, evidently. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, Andre Ryu made more money than that. That's odd. Anyway, so uh, Glass is next week as well. I'm not sure I feel about that. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, I kind of am. Yeah, I'm kind of bored of, of Unbreakable at this point, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward Aren't to it. I didn't like Split either. I don't know why I'm excited for it. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, right, uh, Hale County this morning, this evening. I, I couldn't tell it's a you. Mouthful. Couldn't tell you too much about it, to be honest. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots is next week. Ooh. Yeah, I know. So it's Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie, isn't it? Uh, yes. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we've got the Raft next week. We've got London Unplugged next week, and we've got that other. John, John Michael Washington John David Washington is it John David Washington I have no idea from Black Clansman oh 
Ja. David, no. No. Oh, I don't know. John David. Anyway, it's his second Oscar movie. Excellent. It's uh, Monsters and Men next week as well. So. Oh, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's John David. We'll, we'll figure out. You have to download the podcast and you'll find out what his name is. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so all that to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been Candy Store Production for Movie Marker. Uh, I've been Van Connor. I've been Kelly Needham. And we shall return. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more movie news, reviews and more, visit moviemarker.co.uk. OK, everybody, that's a wrap. Podcast extras. Indeed, Ms. Needham. So, loads of news to cover because it's been like three weeks. It's been it? a while. It's been a while. It's been a minute. That's what they say in America. Can I, can I, yeah, can I, start, the, can I start the ball rolling, though, oh, with, with Christmas Eve? Because I think it was Christmas Eve this year. Then the, are the cats attacking one another? They're just having a little scrap. It's fine. <laughs> so on uh, on Christmas Eve this year, Kevin Spacey decided that was the uh, the right time to uh, <laughs> release what might be the most bizarre video. Oh, I kind of vaguely heard about this, but I I never actually looked into it. What happened? He he released this video in 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 character as the House of Cards character, yeah. as uh, Frank Underwood, I think his name is in the show. Uh-huh. You know, who obviously has been killed off in that series, so because of everything he did. Yeah. But he does this in character as Frank Underwood, basically delivering a message that you shouldn't believe all these lies, etc. Thing is, he released this about an hour after he was charged with some of these crimes. What? Which is really odd. So he put time and effort into this. That's very strange. It's very, very strange. I can't figure out why he would do it, but that's what he did. And the whole point was to say, don't believe the stuff. Don't believe you. You shouldn't believe everything. Evidence to charge me. But because he did it in character, as Uh he did it as as if it was in canon. Like the character hadn't flinched. There was there was no more irony to place to him than that. So he kept talking to the audience, saying things like, "You know me. You know what I'm capable of," etc. So weird. It was really odd. Like, like people had to help him with that. <laughs> Someone had to Who film it, light it, yeah. edit it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think Kevin Spacey knows how to do all that. Yeah, I can't imagine he does. But uh, apparently, he is he is considering a comeback though, and he's going to use the oh. films of Asia and Europe to do it. Oh, because in Europe we're more accepting of rapists. <laughs> well, there was that whole Polanski thing. That's yeah, true. But uh, yeah, so about that. Yeah, what have you got anyway? Um, so do you remember the anime that came out? I think it was last year. No, I guess it was the year before. Now we're in 2019. We are, uh, yes, which yeah. Which was called Your Name. Yes, that was the body swapping teenage romance thing. I That's think the one. Really good. Yeah, so I remember you enjoyed it. And Bad Robot um, are going to do a live-action remake. Yeah, I heard about um, this. But the news is they've announced that it's going to be Americanized. Well, this is the thing. I remember reading about it, and I think it was the, the there was a pair of directors or writers who were behind it, and they turned and said, look, we specifically asked for that because we, we figured there wasn't a point in selling the rights for them to make the same movie. We wanted to see the different versions. We wanted to see an Americanized version of this. Yes. That's why we sold it to Americans. Yeah. Well, that makes complete sense, because if you wanted to see the French version of this, you probably would sell it to the French. So I guess the reason is that they've made a bit of a big deal about it is to say, no, 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 we, we mean to Americanize it. We're not hmm. culturally 
appropriating this property and just casting some Americans in. It, we are Americanized. So we are just going to get this. It's going to be just set in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be set in Chicago this time. And yeah, so Bella Thorne. Uh, is it Bella Thorne? Um, oh, yeah, whichever Jonas brother is be, acting these days. No, it'll be Noah Centino. No, is, is it Noah Centino these days? It will be. Yeah. I can't keep track of the of the young conks these of, days. Of the young sexy. I still males. think I still think Zac Efron is the flavor of the month. That's how sort of outdated I am. No, no, no. It's pretty good. But, so what else has been happening? Uh, so Princess Leia is going to uh, return in yes. the next Star Wars in Episode Nine. Yeah, yeah. And and how you might ask? Because apparently they just shot a ton of stuff for the last one that they didn't get around to using. Exactly. Which, let's be honest, is about the best luck you could possibly have. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like you know how like the Beatles would keep finding stuff that John Lennon recorded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like Queen oh, did I, it. You know, I opened up the the bread bin and I happened to find <laughs> this inside. Yeah, we all popped out and he was just amusing himself for five minutes, but we recorded it, so technically it's releasable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, things like that. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the good news is that they're not going to just do a CG where they don't. You know, like when they do the CG face and they never quite work. I don't know. C- CG faces... Because we've got that Alita thing coming up in, like, a month, I think. What's that? That's the one that's, like, pr- art produced by Robert Rodriguez, and it's, like, the the, the anime-type thing, but it's real. Have you seen uh, this? No, I haven't, no. Uh, James Cameron, I think, is a producer on it somewhere oh, down the line. But, uh, you know, because obviously if it involves a certain level of CG, you've got to have uh, James Cameron attached. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. CG faces sometimes look brilliant, like the Marvel movies when they de-age them. They look great then. Yeah. But I think Tron Legacy, has it been long enough since Tron Legacy that we can have another go now? I think it probably has, to be fair. Yeah. It's been... been There's there's kids around that don't even know what it is. (laughs) Mind you, we've got that Gemini movie this year with Will Smith. Uh, The Ang Lee one, where Will Smith fights his own younger self. Ooh. It's been in development for 20 years. Oh, oh, so they filmed it 20 years ago. <laughs> no, That's a, no. It's not CG. <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? No, apparently um, it took this long for the technology to actually get to the point where they feasibly could make it. But at least they did that. Yeah. So, you know, fair play to them. But, we'll wait know. until we actually can pull this off rather than, well, we'll just try and fail yeah. miserably. Exactly. Although I would argue if he wanted Will Smith but 20 years younger, why not just employ his kid? Jaden Smith does Jayden, not look enough like Jaden could look like uh, you could just feasibly just twitch him a little bit with just makeup effects. He would look like his dad. Put some shades on and cut him into a high yeah. top style hairstyle. Because with Will Smith, it's all about the delivery and the charisma most of the time, anyway. Yeah, I guess it is. But uh, yeah, so that's that's Gemini. That's to come this year. So. Oh, all right, I kind of look forward to that. So what else we got? Uh, so Spawn, you know, oh, uh, yes. this has been um, re-released. I think it's going to be Blumhouse that are bringing it out. Is it, it? Jamie Foxx's Spawn, I think? Is that Something a thing? Something like that. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. But oh, mm. um, the news is, don't worry, we're not going to take the mick. It's going to be really dark. Yeah, they said joyless, like, didn't they? I think joyless is the term that they're using, yeah. To which you think, well, we already have DC uh, making movies. Why do we need more? <laughs> Why do we I need think joyless is a, it was an interesting word to use, wasn't joyless. it? Joyless. <laughs> um, That's yeah. usually a criticism. That's a word you described, used to describe something bad. Exactly. But, Instead, what they mean is it, it's going to be... Yeah. darker and more adult focused it's I not thought the giddy. unspoken part of being a human being was that we all wanted joy 
Yeah. But, okay, never mind. Never mind. Shall I read the quote about it? Please do. Please do. I'm intrigued. So, so it says, there is no joy. This is from um, <laughs> Todd no McFarlane. Uh, there is no joy. There's going to be no fun lines in it. And it's just going to be this dark, ugly two hours worth of movie, which is essentially what a lot of supernatural slash horror movies are anyway. There's not a lot of funny in them. I disagree. And yeah. that seems to be a weird hurdle for a lot of people in this city to get over because they sort of go into a superhero slash, av- slash Avengers default all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay well someone's got a chip on the shoulder he has a bit i think what he's trying to say is i miss the 90s oh uh, yeah yeah i think well because that's that's basically todd mcfarlane's entire career in the 90s yeah. he created what like a handful of characters that he has basically lived off the merchandise for forever now well, he's got to so, update it somehow hasn't he well that's it i mean this is all just a chance to sell more masters of horror figures for him but uh <laughs> yeah i don't do we really need a joyless one i think the whole thing with the last one was that it was crap you know the yeah, one? Did I, you ever I, see it? I did a long, long time ago. But I think the point wasn't we don't want any joy. It was just make in fact, it that one was movie. joyless. Well, it was because it was rubbish. Because it was crap. You can tell they were meant to have some fun with it, but yeah. uh, you know, like John Leguizamo was the was the clown that was meant to have a sort of wit oh, to of it. Of course, love a bit yeah. of Johnny Leg. But uh, no, no, it didn't uh, didn't work at all. So why why do you think it would work now? <laughs> I guess we're all going to be very somber when we come out of that one. You say that I'm not sold on the Hellboy reboot. No, I'm not. No, Definitely not. I'm not. I'm not terribly That's sold That's out on soon, that. right? That's something like April, March, April. Yeah. It's quite early. Yeah. But, eh. Do, yeah. Did you see uh, Ron Pillman? He, I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of Instagram or, or Twitter post where it was like, I ain't saying nothing. Yeah. yeah I heard he's been trolling them. Like he's, he's, <laughs> he he's, he's just amusing himself trolling them, which is fun. It's fine fun, isn't it? Good yeah. for him. But uh, Ron Pillman's just a character. We love him dearly. But uh, um, You mentioned uh, Glass is coming out next week. Yes, of there's, course. There's been a bit of a reveal, so... I, ne- I can never say his name. M. Night I think it's actually pronounced Shyamalan. But it's spelt Shyamalan. 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 I think he goes with Shyamalan. The guy that's in Split a bit doesn't yeah. have a cameo. Him. <laughs> doesn't cameo in every one of his films. Yeah, but that's the only one that I actually remember and took notice of. He killed Mel Gibson's family, didn't he, in Silence? Did he? Yeah. You he know was... I've blocked Signs out of my memory, and I still haven't forgiven you for going to the cinema and dragging me along. Look, I loved Signs. I saw it again over it's Christmas. Terrible. First time in years. I think it's a terrific movie. It's terrible. Oh, I, I agree to disagree. Anyway, um, so he's given an interview with Fandango, and he's revealed that some of the cut footage from uh, Unbreakable yeah. will tie into the narrative. Isn't this to do with the sun, I think? I, think I have I no idea. It, it doesn't give me any more than that. I think they've got footage that they shot specifically with Spencer Treat Clark, who played the son mm. in, in Unbreakable. I think it was Spencer Treat Clark. Um, and that he's returning for the new one, but obviously time is a factor. He's going to fight his younger self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think they are actually going to include flashbacks, and those flashbacks are going to be comprised of material that was made for Unbreakable. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense it's going to be in a flashback sort of Why not? Context, you know what I, I hadn't guess. considered until, uh, until Glass was upon us, by the way, what? is that Split is a universal movie Unbreakable is a Disney movie oh really yeah uh, well it's Buena Vista and um, Glass is being distributed by Buena Vista because it's under the original Unbreakable huh. yeah interesting it's a weird thing there who'd have thunk that's that that's very strange kind of a Hulk situation going on there 
But uh, so what else you got? Playing nice with each other. Uh, one that you probably will be excited about: uh, Batman Long Halloween animated films are potentially on yeah. the horizon. Apparently, two of them because they've done this a couple of times with the Batman, uh, the Batman comic stories. I think mm-hmm. they, they've made them into two back-to-back uh, movies. It's basically just one movie that they've chopped in the middle. But yeah. actually, in the case of, uh, I think it was. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, Dark, not the Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, I think it was. In the case of that, it actually worked for the better because that story's better off viewed in two halves anyway. Mm. But I'm not sure about Long Halloween. I mean, everyone touts it as a classic. It's never quite done it for me. I can't even really remember the plot. Uh, so apparently it's uh, Batman trying to bring down the mysterious holiday killer. Mm. Uh, it ties into the Falco mob family and the origin of Two-Face. That's what it was. Now, thank okay. you. You're welcome. It's that there's an Arkham Asylum one I always get, really, I always get confused with. But uh, <laughs> never mind. But yeah, the, the DC animated stuff, they're fine. But since they dropped the whole Bruce Tim thing... Um, it's all just a bit disconnected and it doesn't mm. feel like it has that wonderful, joyous, shared universe thing. Because the, the whole DC animated stuff, that's kind of what set the whole cinematic universe thing in your mind as something they absolutely should do. And yeah. then they never did. Mm. You know, but uh, yeah, it's a shame that they just lost that. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Let's move on. Shall we, cool. shall we move on from DC? We'll talk about Marvel. Okay. Um, I always like to talk about Marvel. <laughs> well, specifically Captain Marvel. Aha, right. I'm going to have to ask for your help on this one. So, okay. so there's been talk about potentially looking at the Secret Invasion storyline. Yes, it's it's kind of a go-to. Like Marvel love this storyline, and, mm-hmm. and for obvious reasons, right? So the the I'm not sure if they're the bad guys or the good guys, but these guys, these these alien things in uh-huh. uh, in Captain Marvel, I think are the villains. They are the Skrulls. Uh-huh. They are a race of shapeshifters. And at various different points in different Marvel sort of continuities, so like the animated stuff on TV and in the 616 regular universe comics, etc., mm-hmm. there's a storyline. It's generally referred to as a variation of Secret Invasion. And it's where certain Avengers are revealed to have been scrolls for years. Uh, like all along? or Not like all along, over. but like they were took over at a certain point uh... in the continuity. And that certain events that you have seen unfold since have had, you know, they've been meddled in ever so slightly by alien outsiders. Got it. The story is generally utilised to play up the paranoia between characters. Mm. And they they tend to use, I think they used it around the time of Civil War, when the Marvel Universe was generally quite distrustful anyway. So it, it's, it's always a fun storyline to witness, but I think Captain Marvel's meant to be setting that up as a possibility. So are they suggesting that she might be the scroll, or just that it could be a thing? Just that it can be a thing. Okay. Yeah, I think what they'll do is they'll just have scrolls impersonate people once or twice and, you know, and then ask the question maybe, oh, what if it was someone we knew? You know, that kind of thing. And and Samuel L. Jackson's also been talking about Captain Marvel, saying that in the film, the the powers that she has are actually going to be much greater than she had in the comic. And I I know nothing about the comic, so I don't know. I don't really know much about her as as a character, to be honest. Not someone I've read a great deal of. She just seems to fly and shoot energy beams. Also, she's mega strong. Yeah, well, he he said she's she's pretty much the strongest character in terms of someone with powers Mm. uh, in the Marvel Universe. Probably just means she can knock the Hulk out. Basically, it's like, well, they've got to, you know, defeat Thanos, so throw in the strongest person ever. Exactly. And there we go. Well, Kevin Feige has said that Captain Marvel will become the default character that we associate with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
which I'm, sure because who do we do that with now because I, I would argue that iron man is the default figurehead of the i would probably say iron man or maybe thor i think thor might have yeah, overtaken thor, these days i don't know captain america had a following for a while didn't he yeah he's uh I think the beard it, the beard when he lost the beard he lost their respect man that's what <laughs> that's it was it. <laughs> so uh oh this is something i didn't know by the way mm-hmm. um you know they they keep trying to reboot the elm street series yes well did you know that that is still going on is it that is actually still going on. No one knew they were still attempting to reboot Elm Street, but it is. But, it really is. But what's so difficult? If you're going to do it, just do it. We all know it's going to be crap. Just well, get out of the way. The thing is, apparently, they want some of that conjuring money. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. But Maybe he could be a spin off character from The Conjuring. It, it, why not? I don't know. I think Freddie... Uh, I almost said Freddie Mercury, though. Freddie Mercury? <laughs> I almost said Freddie Mercury is a character best left in the 80s. And now I'm thinking, oh. no, we can't say that at all. Because, if, well, I love Freddie Mercury. I know. But, um, but I don't know. Freddie Krueger just now feels like, can we stop trying to update this character? He's a bit crap when you think about it. Like nowadays. Yeah. I can see it worked then. Yeah. You know, and you, there's been attempts to redo it. It just doesn't work. No. You know, leave don't it alone. Bother. That's it. Don't bother or just get it out of the way. <laughs> You'd rather just rip the band-aid off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get it out of the way. It's, it's out of everybody's system. Move on. <laughs> what have you got over there? Um, so, I mean, obviously we've we've recently had the, the Queen biopic. Because it's yes. not Freddie Mercury. It is Queen. It is Queen. We'll it is Queen's that. biopic, yeah. Uh, soon we're going to be getting Elton John with Rocket. We're getting Prince as well, I believe. We're getting Prince. So, so who's the next person in the list? Oh, oh! Well, it's, got, it's, go it's got to be someone just instantly iconic. Someone that you just look at and think, "Yes, I must know your story, sir." It could be Bowie. Could it, be Bowie. Could be. Uh, could be Elvis. It could be Elvis. We got a good Elvis biopic. It could be a one. woman. It could. It could even be. Might we finally get a the Aretha Franklin biopic? We we might, but we ain't. <laughs> okay. uh, we're getting a Vanilla Ice biopic. R- right. Okay. I'm going to say that again. Vanilla. Ice. Uh, I'm I'm not overly sure I want to know that much yeah. about... Van- Hang on, wasn't one of his awful movies from the early 90s kind of a biopic? Or was it like a... I've absolutely no idea. I'm sure it was called Cool as Ice or something like that. Ah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, this one's rumoured to be called To the Extreme. Oh, man. Um, but actually, the star is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, Dave Franco... Is potentially lined up. Oh, I'm interested now. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm interested because I actually really see that casting working. Yeah, he actually does quite, when you think about it, he does quite look like Vanilla Ice. Well, it's not that, it's that, you know that's, you know when Dave Franco does smug? Yes. You know, like he did in Scrubs, that awful scrub season he was in? Yes. Like, like that he smug. If that he season. did that whilst made to look like Vanilla Ice, box office gold, baby. Oh, yes. I'm in, I'm in, totally sold. Come on then, Dave Franco. Isn't Be he... Robert Van Winkle for us. Is that, is that his name? That's his name. Because there's an actor called Travis Van Winkle, and I always think, is, is it Vanilla Ice? Is it Vanilla Ice in this? <laughs> no. And it's not, it's the other Van Winkle. No, it's the other, of, of, of the Connecticut Van Winkle. Well, well you know, I, I need to know what the uh, originating story of Ice Ice Baby is. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there was a really crap made-for-TV movie about Vanilla Ice years ago. Do you know, I'm going to Google it while I'm talking. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. I think I remember like watching it as a kid or something, and it was terrible. It was really awful. I bet it was awesome. But, uh... <laughs> See, if I just Google it now, it's just bringing out this this new one. 
Oh, I don't know. But uh, let's I'll see. I'll find it one day. What was it that we said? Oh, the the guy from Black Klansman. We promised that if people listen to the oh, podcast, oh, they it, would was find out. it was John David, wasn't it? It was. John, it was John David, David Washington. There you go. Thanks Fair. for sticking with us. <laughs> um, apparently, Karen Gillan's going to have her own action movie. Oh. Yeah, she's going to have an action movie called, and I love the title of this, mm-hmm. wait for it, Gunpowder Milkshake. What? G- Gunpowder Milkshake. Let's break that down. Gunpowder, so a milkshake made of gunpowder. Yeah. Presumably. It's gunpowder and a milkshake. All right. That's 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 the awesome. The awesome is because it's guns and milkshakes and those are but both it, awesome things. But it makes no sense. No, that's fine. We're fine with that. Makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, we're, okay. we're okay with that. Right. <laughs> There's no. Like, I'm, just, I'm kidding. By the way, about guns being awesome things. Um, <laughs> this is this is apparently okay. An assassin tale that sport that spans multiple generations. All right. So it's you know, grandmother, mother, daughter, assassins, and apparently like it's it. being envisioned as this all like female it. affair. So I, I have a lot of time for this. If like Karen Gillan is going to be the caliber of action star that they want in this, like that could be awesome. Although if you're going to do this, just go a bit nuts. Go and get like Cynthia Rothrock and Sigourney Weaver and like all the get Linda Hamilton in there. Just do the one that they wanted to make as Expender Bells, but do a good version. Nice. Like I would watch Jerry Ryan has to be in it, for instance. I don't know about Lucy Lawless. You got to have Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless, hundred percent has yeah, to be in it. Like one hundred. Just get Callahan from the Police Academy movies as well. I think it was Leslie Easterbrook who I played don't... who played Callahan. Colleen Camp. Was it? It was Colleen Camp who played her in the uh, Police Academy movies. Mm. But uh, just get all the badasses for this, and then I don't know. Have Julian Anderson be their boss or something. Oh, God, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's bad. In full uh, Spy Who Dumped Me mode? Yes. Yes, exactly like that. I exactly loved her in Spy like Who that. Dumped Me. Yeah, she was the best part of that, which, to be fair, low bar, but... They were decent enough movie, it though. It was fine. Speaking of, right, so uh, Karen Gillan apparently is going to make that movie mm-hmm. after she has made the next Jumanji movie. <gasps> yes. So, which, of course, is coming out this Christmas. Can't wait. It's set for this bloody Christmas. They've not filmed it yet. It's out this Christmas. They're going to have to get Riggle on. They really do. They've not got Rob that's Riggle. All, that's it. Well, They've not got Rob Riggle. They're not that lucky. They're not that lucky. They need Rob Riggle. But sure, I mean, that's a lot of work. There's a lot of CGI that goes <laughs> on in Jumanji. I don't know, actually. When you think back to Welcome to the Jungle, a lot of that is actually practical. Yeah, but not all the animals. Not all the animals, but actually there's more of an emphasis on the human beings, on like military hardware well, I guess in so. Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, the the animal stuff does seem like really minor sequences. I mean, mm. even though they are obviously set pieces. But anyway, so we had we had Jumanji news, didn't we? We did indeed. So two new uh, cast members have been announced. I, I love both of them as well. Well, number one, Aquafina. Yes, fabulous. Well, because crazy rich Asians. Exactly. Yeah, two is brilliant in that. We'll not talk about Ocean's Eight. We'll move on. Move on. Um, the other one, Danny DeVito. Love it. Where's he been? Where is that? He's been on. He's been in Philadelphia. I guess he has. He has. Where it's always sunny. <laughs> Mind you, he's doing Dumbo, isn't he? He's, he's done Dumbo. Oh, is he? Is he yes, in that? He's the See, circus ringleader. I just can't watch anything to do with it. Can you so not? Even when I'm in the cinema and the trailer comes on, I just have to look away. It makes me too sad. Really? I can't. This do is going to be a thing, apparently. Yeah. This is apparently going to be a thing this year. But yes, yeah, so Danny DeVito uh, will join uh, uh, Aquafina in Three Manji. Three Manji. Jumanji Three. Jumanji Three. Yeah, we, we are. did it. Speaking of three equals, uh, Will Smith has officially confirmed that filming has begun on Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys for Life. E3? Life 3? Life 3. Lift 3. Lift 3. Bad Boys for Lift 3. Bad Boys for Lift 3. Sure. Yeah, okay. So. At least they've got the title for the next one. 
yeah, and boys but for, for life. life. Yeah. It's perfect, you know. But, uh, although, you know, I mean, it'll probably be like a cliffhanger that ends this new one, so it forces their hand to film another one quicker. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah, so that one could be like Bad Boys for Death, where, like, you know, he has to go to the afterlife and bring Marcus back. I like you know, it. I'm, I'm liking into this. it. I'm, liking, I'm just liking the idea of Martin Lawrence getting killed on screen. But uh, since yeah, we know that he's the only person in the world genuinely excited about this. <laughs> Um, you and I off air were talking about uh, Bird Box that's yes. uh, okay. come out on Netflix. Uh, and you were asking me, you know, is it similar to A Quiet Place? So I got thinking, what's going on with A Quiet Place? Because, you know, we heard that there's a sequel coming out. Yes, and, there is. And uh, John Krasinski has actually given a bit of information about the sequel because he's been duped into writing it. He says Jedi <laughs> mind tricked into writing it. Um, it looks like it's going to focus on completely different people. Okay. Yeah, so... Interesting direction. So, obviously, that kind of rules out Emily Blunt, necessarily, isn't it? Exactly. So, we're we're unlikely to see those previous characters, which I think is a bit of a shame, but I guess... I don't know. They they maybe would have had to do something cheesy and sort of bring the dad back and be like, look, I didn't really die <laughs> to make it work. I don't know. No, I think his death was pretty, uh, pretty prominent. Pretty... I think that kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah, that death holds... That, that's a, that was a that was a dying death. That one. I really liked a quiet place. Yeah, it's yeah, a good it film. was really good. But it's a so bird box. Then that's is, is it any good then? It's it's fine. I think it's certainly no quiet place. I think Sandra Bullock's fine in it. She's she plays an asshole well, and she's a bit of an asshole in this. <laughs> nice. She's sort of a lovable asshole. Um, I can't remember what the guy is who who plays her kind of love interest. I think it's Trevant something Trevante Rhodes Trevante Rhodes Trevante Rhodes from he's uh, brilliant he was from Moonlight and yes. uh, and he was in the, the Predator yeah John Malkovich is in this which is quite a nice uh, it's a nice gig for him I think is he, is he good because I saw the ABC murders recently with his ridiculous accent I enjoyed him in this I am the Frenchy Frenchman he sort of got a bit of um, a bit of justice in this which was quite satisfying oh, but okay. yeah, I mean it's fine the, the concept is that some things have taken over Earth, whether yeah. they're... We don't know what they are. It never explains what they are. But if you look at them, you will commit suicide in a pretty horrific way. So wow. quickly spreads across the world, of course. So these aliens are like Roseanne Barr, huh? That's exactly what they are. Okay. Um, and uh, Sandra Bullock plays a heavily pregnant woman. Oh, I guess she's not that heavily pregnant, but a pregnant woman who's not that happy about being pregnant in the first okay. place uh, finds herself in a house with random strangers who've kind of rescued her. Oh, okay. Um, but they have to close all the blinds, block out all the windows. She finds herself needing to travel to, to find some potential people down a, a river. I was about to say, how is there actually a ticking clock, clock to this? So it, it kind plot? of jumps back and forth. So so when we meet her, she's pregnant. Well, kind of, she's pregnant. We then see five years later when she's got two kids. Okay. I'm quite sure why. They've got to travel down a river to see some other people, but they can't look where they're going. They've got to wear oh. blindfolds. Okay. What are they going to do? How are they going to make it down the river? Missed out on an obvious comedy concept here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Didn't Netflix have to put out warnings to tell people not to do it? Well, people have been doing the Bird Box Challenge, which essentially is doing general day-to-day stuff, but with a blindfold on, like uh, curling your hair, like Ooh, okay. running from one place to another. Yes, I can see how this might go spectacularly wrong. Somehow. And Netflix have said, please don't do that. Yeah, that's yeah. probably imagine, not a good idea. Imagine having to tell people that. Well, you just think the Darwin Awards are going to have some real fodder, don't you? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Well, there we go. But, uh, so, yeah, that's Bird Box. Oh, in terms of the most obvious hiring you've ever heard in your life... Oh, uh, go on. Dave Batista is going to be in Dune. What? I know. So, you know, Denis Villeneuve's new movie, <laughs> the director of Blade Runner 2049... 
He's got his obvious favourite cast member from Blade Runner 2049 back. Well, Because they really made fine. a big song and dance out of Batista being in Blade Runner, didn't they? Yeah. He was there for like five minutes. Was it even that? I don't yeah. know. Well, but, uh, whatever. But yeah, so he's going to be in the Doom. I'm sure he'll be fine in it. That seems like the kind of gig that he'd be good at. Yeah. He's better in Guardians of the Galaxy than any of us thought he would ever be, so... Oh, God, yes. Fair and, enough And uh, I mean, we also final score as well, which mm. was just terrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. By the way, uh, there is a plot for Bad Boys for Life out, if you're interested. Oh, go on then. Because uh, loads of news happened in little bits with this film. Over, and over, like, the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, and uh, Joe, Pant- Joe Pantaliano, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Um, they're all back, so, you know, as, like, uh, is it Mike, Marcus, and the Captain, Howard. And apparently the plot um, sees the someone, uh, someone close to a uh, drug... Hang on, it's uh, a drug dealer... I think the idea is that Mike and Marcus get marked for marked for assassination by a drug cartel kingpin. Sure. I think that's the idea. But at the same time, all of this is happening against a backdrop where they are now the older generation cops. And there's, like, younger replacements who are trying to outdo them. Mm-hmm. And that includes people like Vanessa Hudgens. So, yeah. Don't quite know what to make of this, but uh, we shall see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes 3 may be coming out soon. Again? Uh, again? Again? Apparently it's now on uh, Warner Brothers' uh, release slate. Oh, okay. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. I don't really... Guessing. I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't think... No one wants it. Who's asking for it? Come on. <laughs> no, when was the last one? I mean, that was a fair while ago. We were looking early... Not quite 2010, probably a bit after that. Uh, I think it was... Oh, no, actually, I think I think I reviewed Game of Shadows. So I think that was 2011? The round that I'm sure about, it was right? something like... It was 2009 for the first one, 2011 or 2012 for the second. Seems about right. I don't think there was one after he was an Avenger, surely. No. No. I think it had to be 2011 then. Yeah. Had to be 2011. Must be. But they, they keep talking about it every year or so. Now. Yeah. Just just keeping people on the ledge, really. And from like from like Warner Brothers' perspective, you can understand they might want to get Guy Ritchie back into the office very quickly before uh, Aladdin comes out and he suddenly gets you know, an even bigger job. Mm, that's true, actually. Good point. Yeah. Uh, Us has been delayed by a week. Yeah, I don't I know why. This. Apparently, it's, sure. it's for a ridiculous reason. Okay, so apparently it's because... Or even more ridiculous than why Ant-Man and the Wasp was uh, delayed in the UK. Uh, yes, 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 Oh, wow, yeah. okay. So apparently last year, A Quiet Place premiered at South by Southwest yeah. and then opened in cinemas four weeks later. Uh-huh. And the amount of buzz that it generated... I mean, think about it. The buzz for A Quiet Place was huge, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, Universal decided that they would like this exact effect for us. So they are moving it back a week so that instead of three weeks, it has four. Because they think that would be the optimum level of buzz to generate. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Nothing takes four weeks in this day and age. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They're having a laugh. They could release it literally the next day after buzz starts and people would go and see it. Exactly. It wouldn't matter. That's outrageous. The internet kind of takes care of a lot of this for you. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm still looking forward to it. When's it even... So when is South by Southwest? I'm not sure, but us is end of March here, and I think end of January in the US. It would be... Oh, man, that means there's going to be spoilers galore. Oh, yeah, there are going to be spoilers for this. Oh, man. But uh, I'm sorry. But on the plus side, hey, we might get an award screener disc through or something. Ooh, 
shares oh, is. No, no, hang on. I don't think it opens in time. Oh, It doesn't man. open in time to make the Oscars for this year. So, uh, yeah, it falls outside their uh, designated release period. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll leave us this week with a final piece, shall I? Unless you've got many more. No, I'm all good. Um, Apparently, having learned absolutely nothing from the history of cinema, Warner Brothers are going to reboot The Green Lantern. No! (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Jeff Johns, I think the head of uh, DC now... Uh, he is hard at work on a script that will revitalise and relaunch the series. I highly doubt it. Well, yeah, but... I mean, shoot me, but I think the whole character's a bit ridiculous anyway. Actually, it should be brilliant. That's the annoying part. Mm. Every version in animation, is nearly, nearly every version, is terrific. Mm. I mean, there is a, there's a Green Lantern animated movie called if, First Flight that's absolutely terrific. If Ryan Reynolds can't make it brilliant... I know. Who can? Do you know the problem? What? It, need, it needed to be like 2003 Nathan Fillion. <gasps> oh, that would have been hilarious. If it had been 2003 Nathan Fillion. I don't get 2019 Nathan Fillion, for the love of God. He's, he's a middle-aged man now. <laughs> but if you had him at his prime, at his like pseudo-Indiana Jones kind of type yeah. that he was, he would have been great. That would have absolutely slayed. Or mm. another one I quite like, and I, 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 I just don't know why, Jensen Ackles... <laughs> Really? Yes, because for one thing, he'd be cheap. Well, he would be cheap. You'd, you'd be able to get him for some of that like low, low end sort of Tobey Maguire kind of size money to begin with, where you only it's like half a mil for the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, you could do that. He's. I mean, what has the guy done apart from Supernatural? Is he in anything? I else? don't think he he was in Smallville once. Was he? He was in an entire season of Smallville because he was just the worst character. There was no reason for him to be there. He was no. just the worst. Sorry, Jensen. That whole season was the worst, to be fair. Poor guy. He well, had witches. He clearly needs a platform, so, <laughs> you know. Well, I saw a tweet over Christmas that, uh, because Supernatural got added to uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, did it? Yeah, the first 12 series, I think, are on Amazon Prime. Do you know, I'm going to try for about the fourth time to watch it. The first five series of it are great. I get to really about, great. I want to say about episode six or seven in the first mm. season, and then I end up not watching it for ages, and I forget where I've got to, and I can't be bothered to re-watch the same ones over and over again. You know, if you're going to try and re-watch it, you know what to do. Watch what? the pilot of it again. Yeah. The one with the whole, where the girlfriend gets killed and they become hunters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watch that episode, then skip forward to about episode 18. Okay. When... It, it, they're all still quite plot of the week. Yeah. But the mythology really ramps up. Like okay. it starts to make... Because the, the dad's with them for a lot of it. Yeah. You know, like they find the dad surprisingly... Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'm Jeffrey Dean Morgan, my man. My man. Love me some JHM, man. But, uh, all right, pro tip. That's how I'm going to do it. There you go. So go from the pilot episode to like episode 18 or whatever. But uh, I know it's got the Meg character in it, I think. So um, <laughs> No idea. I know. But, uh, yeah, so Jeffrey Dean Morgan, incidentally, I watched Rampage like four times over Christmas. It was on Sky Cinema a lot. It was. Yeah. And, it's uh, fine. I still think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's the best thing about that film. Mm, oh, like, no, the monkey's cute. I think, it, I think Case and I said when Skyscraper came out that Jeffrey Dean Morgan should have been the villain in that. Oh, yeah. And it would have been terrific. Yeah, because I ended up turning it off. Did you? I did, genuinely. My word. I know. Oh. It's got to be bad for that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be. You You didn't leave 47 Ronin, but that way. No, I went to sleep, remember? You went to sleep. You were still <laughs> physically present. But uh, anyway, uh, that's that's it for me and news this week. So have you got anything? Or are we, are we calling I'm it with a moment? fresh out. In which case, here it is. Your moment of cage. I know how your mind works. 
you know exactly what you're doing. And the whole time, you stand there with this who me expression on your face!